So we're all in this thing together where uh, God takes all of our past experiences, our brokenness, and he says, listen, don't worry about that. I'm going to redeem all that. I'm going to restore all that. I'm going to bring it to a place of newness. I'm going to bring it to a place that out of your brokenness, you're going to touch people's lives and comfort one another. We heard a beautiful testimony by Kate in her, in her brokenness, in her time, in her circumstance uh, of illness. She was able to minister to someone that actually wanted to die because of the pain. That very time, the Holy Spirit spoke to Kate and said, uh, allowed her to ask Sister Lila, beautiful lady. Um, so Kate ministered to that individual, the grace of God. Isn't that great? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can gather. Your word says that we should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. We should not neglect meeting together as we see the day approaching that you will come again. We don't take it for granted, God, that we need each other. We don't take it for granted that, God, that we need to encourage each other. We don't take it for granted that we need to bear each other's burdens. We got to be around people. Our sinful Selfish nature says to run and isolate and hide where the enemy can pick us off easily and bring condemnation and shame and guilt into our lives. So, Lord, let's rally, let's rally us together as we see your day approaching, that one day you will come again, break the clouds, bring us on home. But until that day, we will love together, we will grow together, and we will go together to reach a lost and broken, dying world with the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that excites us, so we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, verse 26, we'll read to verse 31, and uh, I want these verses to sink into your, into your mind and heart, okay, um, which are powerful, powerful verses. We'll do it in the ESV, which would be great. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion and authority over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, every tree which with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Let's go to chapter 2, and verse, starting with verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature, a living being, a living soul. Let's all go back to our junior high school days, okay? Come on, let's go back. No, let's go back. I don't want to go. Let's go back. <laughs> Growing up, becoming independent, trying to find out who and what you are in this world, right? 
things going through your mind of how you should act, how you should behave, um, kind of being a little rebellious from your parents because you want to be on your own and you're trying to, you're trying to find, find your identity. And I remember I did so many stupid things so my fr- friends could say, oh, that was cool, but it wasn't really cool. It was pretty stupid. We all try to have uh, and create this image about ourselves, amen? It might be based on fame, it might be based on popularity, it might be based on money, it might be based on your education, where you work, it might be based on where you grow up, it might be based on the color of your skin, but we all image something, don't we? What happens is, without Christ, we image our self-interests and our self-selfishness, and what happens, that becomes very, very brutal because we begin to step on people. We image something. Usually, it's a couple of things. It's what we think of ourselves. And how many know that what you think of yourself can be totally, totally wrong? Amen? Based on your perceptions and preconceived ideas and maybe what has happened to you in the past. We often uh, ponder about what people think of us. And that kind of rules our lives. And that kind of creates an image for us that we have to please people and we have to be all things to all people. Then there's even the, the thought that we, uh, we ponder and think about what people might think of us, even though we don't know what they think of us. Amen? You ever have that one? I remember I was sitting in science class, and I think I was in junior high school. I was lifting weights. I was getting ready to play football and stuff. And, and uh, you know, when you start lifting weights, you start getting pumped up. And I was wearing these nice, tight shirts walking around school like, yeah. My image is I am strong and I am muscular. And then there was this dude, man. He was huge, muscle, a thug. He wasn't into sports. He was just strong, huge, muscle-bound. And I think it might have been the first day of class. I came in and sat down, and he might have seen me in my, in my shirt, you know. And he says, hey, Bones, how you doing? <laughs> I said, oh, uh, doing good, Mr. Strongman. Doing very, very good. Thank you. And how are you today, Mr. Muscleman? Um, it's funny how we create images and they can be totally destroyed by our experiences. Isn't that true? You can't base your image, what you think of yourself, on your experiences, on what people tell you, on what people have said in the past. We were created in the image of God. And that means we were supposed to resemble him. We're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to image the character and nature, grace, glory, and greatness of our God. That's what we're supposed to image. And we get our image based upon the word of God, what the word of God tells me, that I am loved, that I am forgiven, that I am blessed, that I am empowered by the Holy Spirit, that I have everything necessary for me to be everything that God wants me to be. Amen? Because of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. When you, when you begin to, to, bring, to, to have this idea of your image is not based on this shell. My father has been stripped of the shell. And he's taken on a new shell. A new dimension. See, uh, we're created in the image of God. Let me tell you. God doesn't look like this, okay? Aren't you glad? Okay? God is a spirit. Immaterial. The image that we have within our hearts and in our lives is through this shell, through our mind, will, and emotions. We are empowered to live out the character and nature of God to a broken world. When they see your life, they should say, I see God, right? I see God. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's go there, and I think it's verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. If our gospel is veiled, the good news of Jesus Christ, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the glory of the gospel in the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Wow. We were intended to be the very image of God, just like Jesus Christ is the very image of God. We are not gods. We are to image the very nature of God. See, Adam blew it. Jesus, the second Adam, had to come down and show us what it's like to be the very image of God. The Bible says that uh, in these last days, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 1, it says that he's the exact representation, the very glory of God, the very likeness of God we see in Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to read the Gospels, amen? We see the character and nature of who God is when we look at Jesus. Jesus reveals the very nature and character of God. We don't, we don't serve church, do we? We don't serve doctrinal statements based on a church institution or organization. We serve a living God who is a, a being in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we worship Him, and as we celebrate Him, as we become one with Him, we become like Him. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 is an awesome, awesome scripture verse. And it's, very, it's a tough verse when you're going through rough, rough times. You don't really want to hear it. When you're going through circumstances that really, really stink, and you got your fist raised at God saying, what in the world is going on, God? And some Christian comes up to you and say, hey, all things work together for good to those that love God. And you're like, you don't want to hear that. It's the truth, but you don't want to hear it. Sometimes we just got to come up alongside Jennifer. She came up and said, no words. I just want to give you a hug today. Isn't that it? It's a sister in Christ ministering to me with her presence. Let's read this. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for my and your happiness because that's what we need in this life is happiness. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for your good. And the thing is, you don't know what's good for you. God does. And if you know God and you trust his character, whatever you're going through, you know that God has something good in store. Whether it be that you learn how to endure, whether it be that you learn how to persevere, whether it be that you save a sister in the hospital from crying out for death that has no hope, there is good that God has for you. Amen? might not be your happiness. It might not be what you wrote down on paper for what you, you want in this life, but it's for your good because God is good. And when we trust Him in our circumstances and situations, oh, the beautiful image of God comes out. Character and nature of God came out in, in Kate as she was going through her, her rough time, her time of things working together for her good. On paper, it can't be. She's in the hospital. Folks, 
we have to realize that if you're a believer and you're a follower in Christ, your life is not your own. You're bought with a price. Amen? You are his possession. You are a peculiar person. Yeah, a lot of peculiar people in this place, right? (laughs) Peculiar means you are the very possession of God, treasured, cherished of God, protected and provided for. That word speaks about if you take a circle and you put a dot in it, that's you. Your life and times are hid, hidden with God in Christ. Any temptation or tribulation has to go through the very counsel, wisdom, glory, and greatness of God that reaches you to where you are. So feel secure and restful that God knows what he's doing. Amen? It might really, really stink. You might fall on your knees and you might cry, why? But in the crying of the why, the ultimate thing that occurs to us is that we know Jesus, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. We know that all things work together for those who love God. All things work together for you good. That's why you got to get to know God. If you don't know God, you're going to think that God is a sucky God, doesn't care for you, doesn't love you. You're going to go on to something else. You're not going to talk to God because you're mad at God. Amen? Listen, God knows everything about you. He created you. He thought of you before the eons of time came that you would be born on this earth. He's got plans and purposes for your life. Everything is for the good. Amen? For your life. Called according to his purpose. Let's see what his purpose is, okay? Let's keep reading. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Why do we go through everything that we, that we go through? Why do some, some things stink in our hearts and in our lives, in circumstances and situations? You know why? For our ultimate good. And our ultimate good as believers and followers in Christ is to be conformed to the image of his son. Every trial, every circumstance, every relationship is a friend as it molds us and shapes us to be conformed to the image of Christ. When we become conformed to the image of Christ, we get to know him. We begin to love him. We begin to trust him. There's nothing that can come in this life that will sway us from this awesome love that's found in Christ. Darrell brought out the beautiful verse, Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Word firstborn doesn't mean he was born first. Doesn't mean that God born him or he was not God before God was God. It means that he's the preeminent one. He's the supreme one. He's the heir, right? The Bible speaks about us being heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Everything that God has has been given to his son. Everything that his son has has been given to us. We are heirs and co-heirs of God. Amen? Because of the goodness of God. And in your trial and circumstance, God sees you and he knows you. He wants to reveal himself strong on your behalf. So that this image that we've created about our Christian experience and about our Christian life that really, really is not found in God's word, that he can strip us of that and and begin. And we can begin to image the character and nature of God as we trust him. There's nothing like the world seeing a Christian in a time of chaos and confusion, 
filled with peace. Amen? They look at you like, whoa, bro, you need help. You should really be like, wah, wah, right now. You know what I'm saying? And we can just calmly say, I'm good, man. I'm good. I have the peace of Christ that mounts guard over my heart and mind. I have the peace of Christ that he himself promised that he would give to us. He said, my peace, the very peace of God that God has right now over the universe and over your life, he decides to give it to you so that you can have the peace of Christ that blows your comprehension. Have you been in a trial or circumstance where you're going through it, you're loving God, you're trusting him, and you, and you look up and you say, wait a minute, this is really weird. I shouldn't be feeling this way right now because of everything going around me. It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. Mentally, humanity was created as a rational, volitional agent. Human beings can reason and choose. We have free will. Animals have instincts. We're not governed by instincts. Even though your sinful nature rises up and, and you, it seems like you have no decision. You're out of the, you're, it's out of your will. It's out of your hands. You just have to act. No, you don't. Amen? The Bible says that there is therefore now no temptation that has come against you that's uh, not common to man, but God will leave a way of escape or leave a way out. Do you know that that word temptation has, is twofold there? It not only means tribulations from without, but it means temptations from within. The greatest prayer that you could pray is help me, Jesus. Amen? They that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. They shall be saved. I cry out that, that prayer every, every day of my life. Help me, Jesus. I also pray this prayer to God because sometimes I don't know. Lord, do I trust you? Lord, do I trust you? When you're facing hard times, you don't know if you trust him. You don't know what your next decision will be. Amen? You don't know what you're going to do or where you're going to go, what you're going to turn to. Cry out to God and ask him, and the Holy Spirit will come down and minister to you and give you his, his grace and give you his glory and let you know that everything's okay that you trust him and that you love him. So mentally, God created us as a rational being. <clears throat> How many have ever have had irrational experiences in your mind? Okay. Amen. <laughs> right? How many have had one this morning? Raise your hand. <laughs> How many are having one right now? <laughs> Get out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. You ever sit back and you say, man, I'm really glad no one knows what is in my mind. Because <laughs> it would be sorely disrupting to other people. <laughs> right? <laughs> sorely disrupting. Thing is, God knows your heart. God knows your mind. He's not really uh, shocked or like, how rude. You know, when you think a thought that's out of the will and way of God. Thoughts are kind of neutral. They just kind of pop in your head, don't they? Can't control your thoughts. You can control what you do with your thoughts. That's the, that's the key to walking in God. The Bible says we take every thought captive. Amen? A thought comes in, we're like, whoa! Tackle that guy! Boom! Right? Take captive. 
speaks about a, us coming in, taking that thought and apprehending it like a police officer apprehends a criminal, places him under arrest, and takes him downtown. Amen? We take captive every thought. What do we do? We replace it with thoughts of God's goodness, his greatness, his glory, and his grace. Goodness, greatness, his glory, and his grace. So when the enemy accuses you today, for that's, that is his name, you tell him that I am an image bearer of God Almighty, that there is no charge or accusation that has come against me that will stand because my debt was paid 2,000 years ago. I'm clean. Amen? I'm clean. The Bible says that we confess our sin. He's faithful and just. Don't hang on to the sin. Get rid of it. Confess it. Some of my greatest prayers, most of my greatest prayers, 95% of my greatest prayers are confessing what I am not and what I should be with God. Amen? Amen? God comes in with his power and his glory and he changes us and he transforms us. He changes our, our image. We're not what we used to be. Virgilia and I get together and we eat massive quantities of food and we talk about the grace of God. We talk about where we would be without God. This world would be a drastic, evil place if God had not saved Fragili years ago. Let me tell you that right now. Same thing with you and you and you and you and me. Amen? What God is doing is his original intention was that the image of God, the character and nature of God would be filled. The whole earth was, would be filled with the glory of God. Image bearers taking dominion, taking authority, ruling and reigning and loving and serving in every relationship just like God, character and nature of God. Sin came into the world and all of a sudden they were hiding from God. Their intentions were not towards God anymore. Their intentions were towards themselves and their self-interest and their self-centeredness, and their selfishness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There was a plan already in action. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world would take care of that situation, bring you back into a position of image bearers of God Almighty. You consider yourself an image bearer of God today? When you look in the mirror, you might be ugly. Don't look in the mirror, okay? It's not based on your ugliness. It's not based on your prettiness. It's based on the character of God and how he's changed your heart. If we could deal with two things, we could go on with God in such a mighty, mighty way and allow God's character to infuse us and shape us and mold us. Two things that I tell Zachy mostly, you can't muse and meditate on things you can't change and you can't control. Amen? So much of our, our being, especially in junior high school and high school, looking in the mirror and saying, man, my nose was just a little bit straighter. I feel so much better about myself, right? Or maybe if I had a couple bit more muscles, or maybe if ladies, you know, my shape was a little bit different, maybe I could feel better about myself. It's not all about that. God made you just the way you're supposed to be. And when you look in the mirror, you say, I am God's creation. I'm an image bearer of God Almighty. Amen? Can't change things. 
You can't control things. That's why we give it over to God and we place our life and times in God's hands. So much of our time as believers trying to change things that we can't change, control things that we can't control. Jesus took care of it. The ultimate thing we cannot control is death. Death was arrested. Amen? Death was conquered. Death was overcome. Death was overwhelmed by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day we shall be raised. We shall see him. We shall be like him. We shall be with him. What a great day of rejoicing that will be. Is there anything in your life that's keeping you bolted to this earth, the perceptions of this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life? Is there anything that's keeping you here down on this earth other than the command to go, make disciples, bind the brokenhearted, set the captive free, is there anything that's keeping you bolted to the things of this earth? If so, get rid of it. Kill it. And allow God to mold you and shape you in such a beautiful way. So mentally, we thank God for changing our minds. Amen? Changing our minds, friends. You're not the, uh, you're not the person you once were when it comes to your mind. Your, your, your thoughts have been renewed by the transformation of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Whenever somebody invents a machine or writes a book, paints a landscape, calculates a sum, names a pet, he's proclaiming the fact that I'm, I'm created in the image of God. People out there are created in the image of God, but their image is, uh, is tainted and it's, it's um, stained by sin. They must be reborn. They must be born again. Amen? Okay, morally, humanity was created in righteousness and perfect innocence. Isn't that something? The Bible says that uh, God would come down and walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. What a time that must have been. Morally, they were pure before God. God said it was very good. Our conscience or moral compass is a vestige of that original state whenever Someone writes a law, recoils from evil, praises good behavior, feels guilty. He or she is confirming the fact that we're created in God's image. Amen? Socially, humanity was created for fellowship. This reflects God's triune nature and his love. In Eden, humanity's primary relationship was with God, fellowship with God. God made the first woman because it is not good for the man to be alone. Every time someone marries, makes a friend, hugs a child, attends church, attends church, attends church, attends church, attends church, he or she is demonstrating the fact that we are made in the likeness of God. Ah, nice. Part of being made in God's image is that Adam had the capacity to make free choices. What's helped me is to sit down, logically think about where my choice will take me down the road. Try and include all the situations, right? If I choose this path, where, where will I be in five years? When I was a youth pastor, I always tell kids, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, your affections are towards right now, you will become in five years. So when we think about, think about what we're thinking about, 
What's our greatest aim? What's our greatest affection? Where will we be in five years? Will we be image bearers if we continue down this path? When God redeems an individual, he begins to restore the original image of God, creating a new self. Amen? A new self. A new and improved self. Amen? Hey, let's flip over to Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 24, is everybody with me so far? Yeah? Okay. Everybody, anybody having irrational thoughts? Everybody okay? All right. Good. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. And we'll begin reading in the ESV. Uh, sorry, guys, go back one verse. Let's see what, let's go back another verse. To put off your old self. Man, is that old people in, in the room? Does that ever ring true? Amen. <laughs> Put off your old self. I'm ready, God. Put this off, man. Not talking about that, but we'll get into it. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Oh, yeah. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God or in the image of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, all that old self stuff, all the crankiness, of the, of the fleshly and carnal nature, clamor, slander, be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We'll go into chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Amen? Imitators of God as beloved children. See, when we, uh, when we, when we claim Christ... What he does is he begins to change our behavior. And Christians, followers of Christ, believers, whatever you want to call yourself, those that have taken Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord, you need to change. That old self is a continual process of being vanquished and being overcome and being relinquished as the new self. The image of God is taking over in our hearts and lives as we give our heart and life over to God there's a newness and a freshness that comes into our heart and into our life. We become like God. And here's the quest for the believer and for the Christian. Not that we have an easy life, but that in this life, our quest, our adventure, our aim is to live every moment for the glory of God. Live for Him. Love Him. Serve Him. Every thought and affection will come under the obedience of Christ as our main objective as believers in Christ is to glorify Him. And how do you glorify Him? You glorify Him by the way you live. You can't have this, 
mindset where it's all up in your mind and a spiritual stuff going on and no it's outplayed and lived out when you go to work how you treat your wife how you treat your kids how you treat people in church amen driving down the road when somebody cuts you off man is that a beautiful illustration of where you are in god usually it's like i'll kill you you know but look Whenever there's a time where your flesh rises up, that's okay. There she goes. <laughs> okay, thanks, June. Yeah. Um, all right, where was I? What was I saying? Flesh rises up. Flesh rises up. Right. Flesh rises up. Listen, what we do, what happens with us is this. Flesh rises up, and then all of a sudden guilt and shame come in. Oh, I'm not the person I should be. Oh, and then Satan says, yeah, that's right, sucker. You're a loser. Look at yourself. No, 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 listen. Flesh rises up, bad decision, cursing out somebody on the highway is an indication for me, and this is what I do. I just say, God, I need you, and I need you now. (laughs) Amen? It's a prayer. It's a time for prayer. It's a time for transformation. It's a time for sanctification. Don't let the devil get you in in a position where he condemns you. No, 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 no. There is now no, therefore, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? We don't live in sin. We don't habitually sin. If we sin, we call upon Christ and we ask him to forgive us immediately so we can get back to living our lives for the glory of God. Are you into this thing of being image bearers for God? Amen? Amen. Doesn't this broken, lost world need image bearers of the character and nature of God? Good news is that when God redeems an individual, he begins to restore the original image of God, creating this new self. We no longer look at each other after the flesh. We look at each other in a spiritual sense of living our lives for the glory of God so that when you look at me, you can see Christ. That's my aim. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt the heart of God by the way I live. If I'm in sin, I confess it. And I go to someone and I say, forgive me. Amen? Amen. I want to live my life in the favor and blessing of God, knowing that I'm doing the right thing based on the word of God and the Holy Spirit ministering to my heart, making me a new creation. We are made new creations. Old things are gone. New things have come. We are new and improved. At least in our spirit. Here's the thing, guys. I know I've been rambling and I've been kind of going all over the place today, but I want to tell you, I want to tell you that God renews your strength. Amen? Our prayer is for those that that have illnesses, that the Holy Spirit, that Christ himself, the great physician, will heal and bring wholeness. Amen? For those of us that are, 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 maybe have hard times with job and we're, we're working crazy hours and we're tired, I pray, oh God, that you would renew the strength of each one as they go into work and serve and minister, the revelation, greater revelation of who you are would be upon their hearts and minds as they're working, as they're grueling. I think of Daryl, UPS, working those hard, hard days when uh, it was zero degrees. There's a saying, it goes like this, better him than me, amen? (laughs) Okay? But I was thinking of him. I was praying for him. I've been there, I've done that. 
And I was saying, God, give him strength, because there were times when I was doing FedEx on, on the road, I would just cry out to God, God, why? 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 And God said, shut up. <laughs> Deliver that next box to that next house. You'd be happy. Amen? Ah, God wants to do a great work in our hearts and lives. Listen, there's stuff in your life that God wants to get out. Amen? And when he gets it out, he replaces it with who he is. And when he replaces it with who he is, we begin to line up towards the character and nature of God, forsaking sin, forsaking those things that are wrong, having a greater discernment of where God wants us to be, how God wants us to talk, how God wants us to love. And as the body of Christ, we come together and people look at us and they say, these people are nuts with love, a reckless love, a scandalous love. Why would they love each other like that? You know why? Because Christ loved us so much. He gave himself for us and we give ourselves to each other because we love God. Amen? Are you ready to give yourself to each other? Virgilia, give me a hundred bucks right now. I feel the Lord calling. No, just kidding. Listen, as we look forward uh, to what God has in store as each week progresses in this series, we have to do this thing together. There'll come time on a Sunday morning when you don't feel like coming. I want you to see this face. And I want you to feel the love of God to encourage you and to strengthen you. Let, let me tell you, some of the greatest times in God is when I did not, it was the last thing I wanted to do is come to church. God ministered to me and strengthened me. Amen? Make a, make a situation in your heart where you'll be with the family of God. He's coming soon. Amen? Amen. We need to encourage each other. We need to strengthen each other. We need to be a part of each other's lives. And we're so grateful for his broken body, for his precious blood that has cleansed us from all of our sin. When he looks at you today now, if you're in Christ, he sees the righteousness of God. You are welcomed into his presence. Amen?